So you also should consider yourselves. That's a choice. I'm thinking, I'm considering myself. That's a decision in your mind. How do you see yourself? I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I consider myself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I am a victor, not a victim. My flesh, my soul, the issues of my soul, the issues of my flesh, I am not a victim to it. I am a victor. I walk in the authority because of the name of Jesus. So I don't have to give in and bow down to that thing. Oh my God, I'm sorry y'all, I'm passionate. This is good, this is good. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You gotta know who you are. You gotta know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. Word of God. What hinders our relationship with God? If you are not sure of that, I want to let you know today, if if you hear this for the very first time, or if you've heard this several times, sin is the thing that separates us from God. And unforgiveness is a sin. And so we're going to look at that today. Unforgiveness, the definition I found, there's two. The first one is a grudge against someone who has offended you. And the second one is unforgiveness is when we are unwilling or unable to forgive someone for hurting, betraying, breaking our trust and causing us intense emotional pain. Um, and so, and I love where it says unwilling or unable. That word unwilling and unable means bondage. It means that you are not able to do something. Something has has a hold on you. You are a slave to something. Um, and so we are going to look at how unforgiveness separates us from God and how we overcome that is having that desire. We talked about this last week that desire to want to be in relationship with God. When you want to be in relationship with God, it will cause you to want to let go of anything that separates you from him. A relationship with God through Jesus is powerful. And we're going to look at that. This, I believe, is the number one way of how you forgive somebody, how you overcome your hurts, your pains, how you stop nurturing your um, your anger and you stop nurturing uh, the thoughts that, that haunt your mind about what someone has done to you. And let me put this out here. You can only do this by faith. If you don't believe this, it's not going to happen. But if you believe it, you will see it. Okay, so we are going to jump into the scripture. The first scripture that I want us to look at, we're going to um, still look a little bit about how forgiveness is a sin. I mean, unforgiveness is a sin. Uh, we're going to go to Romans 14 and we're going to start at verse 17. And this is in the Amplified. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes. So that means pleasing to self, uh, uh, your preference or your opinions but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
For the one who serves Christ in this way recognizes that food choice is secondary. And he's talking about food, but what we like, uh, pleasing to self, that's secondary. That's not priority. So recognizing that food choice is secondary is acceptable to God and is approved by men. So then let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, things which lead to spiritual growth. So things which make peace, make peace, make peace with who? With people in relationships, doing things that make peace. Well, we know that unforgiveness does not make peace and building up one another. So when you forgive someone, you're building them up. You're letting them know that, you know what? You are made in the image of God. You are worthy to be forgiven. You know, I I, 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 I lay it all down. I'm not going to hold on to any offenses. That's building somebody up because you're also being that representation of the love of God. And it's like, wow, it really brings a blessing to them and it shows them God. Okay, so building up one another things which lead to spiritual growth. So spiritual growth in you and spiritual growth in them. Do not for the sake of food, tear down the work of God. All things indeed are ceremonial clean, but they are wrong for the person who eats and offends another's conscience in the process. That's a whole nother topic, but that's a good scripture. It is good to do the right thing and not eat meat or drink wine or do anything that offends your brother and weakens him spiritually. The faith which you have that gives you freedom of choice, and this is gonna be really important, so write that down. The faith which you have that gives you freedom of choice have, have as your own conviction before God, just keep it between yourself and God seeking his will. Happy is he who has no reason to condemn himself for what he approves, but he who is uncertain about eating a particular thing is condemned if he eats because he is not acting from faith. Here, this is where I want us to focus in on. Whatever, whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is done with doubt is sinful. I'm going to say that again. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is done with doubt is sinful. So unforgiveness is not an act of faith. It's the act of you. What does it say? If we go back up, what you like, it's about you, how I feel, my emotions. I'm not going to forgive you because I, I don't forget. That's unforgivable in my sight. What you did, you should not have done to me in my opinion. It's about you. Okay. So whatever is not from faith is sin. Unforgiveness is sin. Unforgiveness is sin. It does not please God. And so I wanted to put that out there because we're about to jump into 1 John chapter 3. We're going to actually read that whole scripture. I'm going to break it down. And then we're going to go into Romans five, uh, Romans 6. And we're going to look at this. This is, this is really good. So dive in here with me. But I wanted to take a moment to make it clear. Unforgiveness is a sin. 
So because we're talking about unforgiveness, anytime you see the word sin, I want you to put unforgiveness in there. Okay. As we read this scripture, this is going to help you with your decision. Because it says, didn't it say make a decision? So, uh, I mean, the freedom of choice. So you're going to have a choice. You have to make a decision, right? So faith is what gives you freedom of choice. As you read the scripture, I want you to choose God and not sin. Okay, here we go. We're going to jump into 1 John 3, 1 through 18 first. Okay, so sin separates from separates from God. We know that. So how to forgive? We're going to look at relationship with God through Christ. This, like I said, is the most important. Okay, our motive and our why should be, I want to have a relationship with God. So let's read what the scripture says. 1 John 3, starting at verse 1. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. All who have this eager expectation to see him, to know him, will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. And we know that that is by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is how we keep ourselves pure. Remember, we are now, we are no longer under the law. The law is works. The law is self-effort. You know, now we are under grace, which is received to us by faith in Jesus Christ. The law has not gone away, but now we fulfill the law by believing in Jesus. So it's about our faith now. So we know that how we keep ourselves pure is having faith in Jesus, living by, uh, by the precepts of God, receiving the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. Okay. Verse four, every, here we go. Everyone who sins, so we now know unforgiveness is a sin. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary, which means opposite, to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, to take away this desire to want to carry unforgiveness. And there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. This is important. You're going to hear the scripture again. Anyone who continues to live continues to live in him will not be unforgiving. Will not walk in hate. Will not walk in offense. Will not walk in bitterness. Okay. Why? Because Jesus has set us free from the power of sin. Okay, let's keep going. But anyone who keeps on sinning Anyone who decides to keep on not forgiving does not know him or understand who he is. And this is so important. I love this. We need to ask ourselves, do I want to know him? Do I want to understand who he is? We hear about him. We heard of him. But now do we want to know him and understand the character of our God? 
This is something that we, I believe, have to constantly ask ourselves, especially when our flesh starts to rise. In that moment, it's like, okay, do I want to know him? Do I want to understand who he is? Do I want to be in relationship with him? Is this thing worth me getting separated from God? Making, making that moment to pause, breathe, and ask yourself that question. Okay, verse seven. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. Now, I got to stop because it, depending on who you live your life around, it's easy. And, and I'm not saying these people are trying to destroy you. I mean, there may be some people who are in your life who are, but I believe we're supposed to think the best of people. That's what the word says. So to assume that they're here to destroy you is not thinking the best, but understanding that the people around us, maybe because they love you and this is the way that they do it, they can say, girl, you better not forgive him for what he did. I'm sorry, that's unforgivable. That right there. I mean, if you have people around you that are encouraging you to keep holding on to your offenses and living a life of unforgiveness, it says, don't let anyone deceive you about this. Not saying that they're purposely trying to, but it's your job to know him and to understand who he is. Is They got their life. It's their job to know him and understand who they are. But it's your job to understand him for yourself and to understand who God is for yourself and understand what he is commanding you to do for yourself. Okay, so uh, when people do what is right, it shows they are righteous. Okay, and we just read in Romans, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when people do what is right, it shows that they are in the Holy Spirit. It shows that they are righteous, that they are living in him. Um, let's see, verse eight, for the one who serves uh, Christ in this, oh, no, I'm sorry, no, no, no. Uh, no, we're still in verse seven, even as Christ is righteous, verse eight, but when people keep on sinning, it shows, or it proves that they belong to the devil. Oh my gosh. So if you decide to live a life of unforgiveness, and let me put this out here. I'm talking about those who are choosing to hold on to unforgiveness that are choosing to nurture their hurt and their anger. I understand the trauma and stuff happens. This is, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's a totally different situation, but I do believe that the word of God does cover everything and is powerful to handle everything. But we are specifically talking about those who are making a choice to keep on sinning, who they know they wrong, but they're deciding to do what they want. Okay. I wanted to make that clear. So verse eight, when people keep on sinning, when they keep on deciding to nurture their hurt, their anger, the whole forgiveness, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life, and the Greek word for that means his seed, Christ, is in them. That's so good. Okay, 
So what is that saying? So because of some, the son of God, Jesus himself came to destroy the works of the devil. How? By breaking the curse, by setting us free from the power of sin. So now that we have Jesus in our life and then we choose to keep practicing we are not of God. I'm sorry. It just does not line up. We're choosing to still work for the devil. We're choosing to still, uh, to belong to him, to stay in our sinful nature, to not receive this new life that has been offered to us through Christ. Okay. So they keep on sinning because they are, uh, so they can't, I'm sorry. So they can't, this is verse nine, keep on sinning because they are children of God. They can't. Okay, so verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Ooh, anyone, I don't want to be a child of the devil. I'm just saying, anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers, so does not love his brother or sister, does not belong to God my lord okay read this and let this build this motive in you this why of like i can't be that i can't be a child of the devil i i refuse jesus has done too much for me for me to allow anything to not have me uh, living a life that God wants to give me, me being able to know him and please him and be in relationship with him. Okay. Yes, we're saved. You know, we have faith by faith, only by faith. Can you be saved? Can you be in right standing with God? But how are you going to live that life with God? How, I mean, are you just going to, is salvation just, that's it. Okay. I got saved. Great going to heaven. That's wonderful. No, what about this life here on earth? If you want to if you want to see the power of God manifest in your life while you're living the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you still have to make choices. You still have to make decisions. You still have to read this word and apply it to yourself because there I mean this saying, well, maybe I'll be a child of the devil, you know, depending on what. No, 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 no. Sin, continuously sinning, practice sinning, making a decision to sin. It says you do not belong to God. I know this a little, this a little, I know this, woo, I know it's a little tight, but it's right, you know, as they say. Anyway, okay, so. Like I said, our motive has to be that I want to belong to God. And we talked about that last week. That's that I want to. I want to belong to him. So relationship is very important. Okay, so now we're going to go. Uh, let's go down to verse 14. We're still at 1 John. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death, which is bondage, to life, which is freedom. But a person who has no love is still dead. So a person that has no love to forgive, to uh, annul all offenses is still in bondage. They can't control that urge to hold anger, to hold bitterness. They can't control it. What does that mean? You are held hostage. You are still in bondage. Think about that. If you can't control it, you're still in bondage. But a person who has uh, no love is still dead. Okay, so 
And I want to say this, choosing to hold on to forgiveness in our hearts, uh, it, it really, I said this before, it is a choice. But when you step back and say, okay, do I choose to, and, and this makes me think about the children of Israel. They had been set free, right? God had freed them, but they still had a mindset that was in bondage. They still chose to stay there. Jesus says, I've set you free. I've become the ultimate sacrifice. We talked about this earlier this month. Now this stuff doesn't have to hold you. But if you choose to still stay in bondage, you still are not free. Maybe physically you are. They were physically free, but they were still mentally in bondage. So you really got to think about that. This is the power. This is the power of choice now. The, what, did, what did the scripture say? Faith that gives us freedom of choice. So this is your choice. You are free to make the right choice. But when you are in sin, you don't have the freedom to make the right choice. You, you ultimately choose, you are drawn, that evilness, that wickedness draws you more and more into sin, which leads to death. Okay, so I know I'm, I, I'm, I love that we're going through the scriptures, but I have to stop and, and kind of reiterate certain things to help us understand what, how, how this relates to unforgiveness. All right, verse 15. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Give uh, um so I want to I want to say giving us um giving us what pleases us, what we want, what caters to our personality is not giving up our lives. So it says so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters giving up our life, not, not, you know, physically dying, but giving up the, the sinful nature, the things that our flesh wants, the things that I, you know, I want to hold this, you know, that, that nurturing this, this feels good to my flesh. This feels good to, to my thinking, my way of life, me, me, me giving that up for our brothers and sisters. Okay, verse 17. Someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? So we talked about that. Um, I want to say maybe last week, and we even talked about the scripture in love, compassion, having understanding for where someone is. Um, dear children, verse 18. Dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So what's the truth? The truth is that we are free. The truth is that we have, we now have the choice to love. We now have the choice to be Christ representatives. We now have the choice to be ambassadors, to be children of God. We are now free. That's the truth. So, um, and that, that we have given up our lives. That's another truth. We have given up our lives. So show the truth by our actions. If I know that I am free, then my actions should show that I'm free. If I know that I am forgiven, my actions should show that I forgive. If I know that I am loved and I am in the love of God, my actions should show that I am loved and standing in the love of God. So our truth 
should be shown in our actions. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. Okay. All right. So my my next point is how how to forgive. Um, so we we said relationship. Now we're going to talk about another way to forgive is through prayer and authority. Okay. So let's go uh, let's go down to First John three, starting at verse nineteen. Our actions will show, and we just talked about this, that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. I love that. Oh my gosh. God is greater than our feelings. He really is. And this is, that that's the power of relationship and covenant. God is approachable. So even if we feel guilty, He's greater than how we feel. That's so beautiful. That's that scripture really represents God's love in my in my opinion. Um, and we know everything. Um, and He knows everything is what it says. Verse twenty. And He knows everything. Twenty one. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, so we're not doubting, we're not carrying guilt. We know we are pleasing God because we are walking in truth and our actions are showing that we are in truth. We can come to God with bold confidence. This is authority. Being able to come to him boldly. Why? Because we know that we are walking in truth. We know that we are doing our best to please God by our faith, right? And our faith in Christ should produce by the Holy Spirit, good works, good actions, good thoughts, because we're renewing our mind with the word of God. So this is not me going and acting like I love you, but in my heart, I still, I'm still thinking ill towards you. I still don't like you, but I'm trying to please God. No, that's religion. Okay. That's under the law. But in faith, we choose Jesus knowing that we a hot mess. We choose him who is beautiful, who is righteous, who is pure. We believe in him and we get into God's word and we allow the Holy Spirit to produce in us. So now when we go to God, our heart is pure. We know that God, I did my best. I know I may not have done everything perfect because I'm human and only Christ is perfect, but my heart posture is in faith, is in your word, is to please you. So now I can come to you boldly in confidence. And then what does it say? 22. And we will, not maybe, not occasionally, we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. That's prayer. So how do I want to forgive? If, if my flesh is, you know, I'm, I, I, I tell, I could tell I'm holding on to this thing. I could tell that, it, you know, okay, God, I, I don't want this to separate me from you. I want to be able to walk into the fullness of who you are in my life. Okay. So God, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you because I want to live in your truth. Please take this forgiveness from me. I'm boldly coming to you in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I'm coming to you, God, willing to surrender my life. Take this unforgiveness from me. I don't want it. Take it from me. And it says he, we will receive it, whatever we ask. 
So if we ask, and again, this is one of the scriptures that maybe we've heard that it's like, whatever you ask. No, 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 no. It has to be something that lines up with his word. It has to obey. It has to be in obedience to his word. If you go to him and ask him to help you forgive, he's going to help you forgive. If you truly are going to him with a desperation that I want my heart to be pure, he will do it. So that's how, that's another way of how you forgive is pray and coming in the authority of Jesus Christ. Okay. Verse uh, 23. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So you must believe in Jesus. Like that's why I said in the coming, in the authority, in the name of Jesus and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments will remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And that's what I love. I mean, I love, yes, that I am in fellowship with you, but that you are also in fellowship with me. That's relationship. That's a beautiful, it ain't one-sided, you know, that's beautiful. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. And that is the Holy Spirit. So we are not alone, but we must have a desire to be in relationship with him and for him to hear us and for us to receive from him. We have to obey him. We have to obey him, but it's not an obedience that our hearts are not in agreement with. So if I'm doing an action that looks like obedience, what is, what does the word say that man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. So my heart should be, my obedience should be flowing from the love of God. It should be because I want to please him. I want to be in relationship with him. I want to be, I want him to see Christ in me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in me. Cause that's really the only way God can be in right relationship with us anyway. Cause without Christ, we a mess. We're dirty. We're sinful. We're unclean. He can't look upon us, but in Christ, now we are made holy. Now we are pure. Now we can have this relationship with him. Um, I say this a lot. I know you've heard me say that a lot, but this is the gospel. I mean, we're reading the word of God, right? You're going to hear it over and over. Okay. So how to forgive relationship, prayer, and authority in, by the name of Jesus uh, with, and, and what does it uh, bring? It brings freedom. It brings freedom. Okay. So uh, I, my next point is now we're gonna look at, so another way of how to forgive. So you have to have the relationship with God. You need to pray. You have to have the authority that you have in Christ, but you also have to make a choice. It's about choice because this relationship we have with God, he's not going to force himself on you. You have to become a willing vessel. He's saying that Jesus is here. You've received him. He's in your life, but you still have to surrender daily, daily surrenderance. It's a choice. You have to choose daily that I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to produce life in me. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit 
to, to teach me, to guide me, to help me, to comfort me, all the things that he is, I have to allow it. So it's a choice. So we are going to go to um, Romans 6. Romans 6. We're going to start at verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? So starting, let me go back to Romans 5 and 20. It says God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So now God's one, uh, no. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Mm-hmm giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. So I just wanted to give you a reference of where six started off. So six and one now says, well, then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, died to unforgiveness, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died, the power of our sinful nature died, and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So you don't have to live by your sinful nature any longer. The power is broken. So if you do it, it's because you choosing to, okay? Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Six, we know that our old, set, old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. It lost its power. Ooh. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Set free. Yes. Verse eight. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this. Mm-hmm. This because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. So he died to break the power of unforgiveness. He died for that. So you can't, you, when you receive Christ through faith, now that hold of I want to, I, I, I have to, all of that. No, that's not our language no more. Our language is now, I don't want to, I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to carry unforgiveness. I don't have to be offended by what you do. I don't have to. If I do it, it's because I want to. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all might be mad at me, but this is the truth. I'm talking to myself too. Okay? I'm talking to myself mainly because I have to remind myself. I don't have to get offended by somebody's attitude. I don't have to be offended by how somebody treats me. I don't have to be offended if somebody don't like me. I don't have to. 
If I do, it's because I'm choosing to. I'm allowing my sinful nature, my flesh, to have its way. Oh my God. Okay, so where are we? Verse 10. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. And so shall we. We should now live for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves, what? To be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I want us to go back to that. So you should, so you also should consider yourselves. That's a choice. I'm thinking, I'm considering myself. That's a decision in your mind. How do you see yourself? I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I consider myself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I am a victor, not a victim. My flesh, my soul, the issues of my soul, the issues of my flesh, I am not a victim to it. I am a victor. I walk in the authority because of the name of Jesus. So I don't have to give in and bow down to that thing. Oh my God, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm passionate. This is good. This is good. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's continue. I need to calm down so I can get through this. All right, verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. All right, we're going to place unforgiveness in there. That's a choice. Do not let sin do not let it. So you mean that I can stop it or I can let it? So that's you. That's you making a choice. I want to change the word sin out. Do not let unforgiveness control the way you live. Well, how does it do that? We talked about that last week. It makes you bitter. It makes you mean and nasty and just spilling out. What does it say that it's, it's a poisonous root that affects other people. So do not let that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that offense control the way you live. Um, and I, there was a piece in the scripture that says, do not let sin reign in your body, which is subject to death. That's good. Uh, let's continue on. Verse 12, do not give in to sinful desires. So you can give in to them. Yes, it's a choice. Do not give in to sinful desires. Commanding, and, and I put commanding our souls uh, from the seat of authority. So I'm not going to give in to my sin, sinful desires. In the name of Jesus, I command my soul to bow down in the name of Jesus. You will not have authority over me. I will have authority over you. Y'all better start talking to y'allself and be like, listen, <laughs> we gonna get it together, Okay. All right, anyway, verse 13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Now, y'all know this can, this can go whole, we, we talking about unforgiveness, but that could be applied to a lot of things in our lives. Do not let, so that's again, that's a choice, any part of your body. So your mouth, what you do physically, your mind, don't let any part, any part of your body become an instrument to be used by evil to serve sin, to serve your, your fleshly desires. Instead, give yourself completely to God, not partially, completely to God. 
for you were dead, but now you have new life. So you now have the authority through Christ. You have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So when we choose to do right, our flesh is not going to like it. But when you go, when we go back to what we studied in love, you know, love endures. It does, it, it endures. So walking out the things that God wants us to walk out, it's going to hurt our flesh. We're going to feel it. It's going to be hard. It's going to feel like you're suffering. It's going to feel like you're denying yourself. Ding, ding, ding. Well, you are, you are denying yourself, but why? For the glory of God. I'm going to do what's right for the glory of God, not for the glory of self. Because if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you choose to not glorify God and you choose to glorify yourself, the Holy Spirit will allow you to feel that. And it does not feel good. We quench the spirit. It, it's, it's godly sorrow. We will feel it. I actually was studying a scripture the other day about godly sorrow, which godly sorrow will lead to repentance. That's thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will lead us there, but we will feel it. But then again, it will not allow us to come boldly before God with boldly confidence to ask whatever we want. Okay, I hope I'm I hope I'm helping make this clear um, and delivering this well. So uh, do what is right. That's that's us forgiving. And if you say that I can't you know, I don't know how the scripture, what, uh, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can. I can't let this go Tia. It was, too, it, it hurts too bad. I don't know how. No, you can. You do know how I can do all things through Christ. Yes. It's going to take some work. Yes. It's going to take you being diligent about reading, diligent about going to God, diligent about dying and denying yourself. It, it, it's going to take work. I'm not going to sit here and just act like it's not. It's going to take work. It's not going to feel good. You're going to fall. What the scripture said, when you feel guilty, well, God is bigger than our feelings. He's bigger than our emotions. You're going to, that is a journey. But you have to make a decision. I'm. It's it's worth it. It's worth me doing this so that I can be fully in the presence of God, fully made in the image that He has desired for me to be made in. Because I tell you what, you stay in God and you look five years from now, you're not gonna be. Whew, you're not gonna be the same person that you are today. I'm getting emotional because that was me. I'm not who I was. And it took a lot of surrender <laughs> and, and making decisions in my mind that I'm going to believe because I'm going to be honest. I got tired of myself. I got sick of myself. I didn't want to keep living that way. I knew that there was something better. I knew there was greatness. And when I say, when I use this term greatness, I don't mean flashy, a whole bunch of money popular. I don't care about all that. I'm talking about greatness, being who God has called me to be, being the best child of God that he has called me to be, 
being able to experience his love like I never had before because in truth, that's what I want. I don't make this about me. I've tried not to make the Bible study about me. I just, I had, please excuse me. I had to take a moment to make it personal. I'm sorry. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go. Where are we at? Verse 14. Sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. What is that? Self-work, self-effort. It's now through faith. It's through faith. You are no longer, a, uh, um, sin is no longer your master. You no longer live under, I have to prove and work and, you know, efforts. My heart is, my heart is still hardened towards God, but I just got to do some, you know, physical works to do whatever. Nope, that's not it anymore. It's about our faith. It's about believing in him now. So instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. God's grace, a merited favor that only comes through faith in Christ, not works. Okay? Verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? No. <laughs> no, of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of what? Now, this is good. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to, oh, you, cho you choose? Oh, whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So if you obey your flesh, you will walk and become a slave to your flesh to unforgiveness, to hatred, to offense, to bitterness, because you chose. And see, this is the thing. I don't know where we got this thing that we don't have uh, a power of choice. We do. Once, once we receive Jesus, we do. Okay. That's why when we look at the world, we can we really be that judgmental on them? They don't have Jesus. So of course they're going to sin. <laughs> of course they're going to gonna do things that lead them to death and not have the wisdom of God. Duh, can we really be mad at them? No, what is our job? We're supposed to be leading them to Christ. But those of us who have Christ, now we have choice. We have a choice to choose God or the devil. Do I want to be a child of God? Do I want to be the child of the devil? Do I want to choose my flesh? Do I want to choose righteousness? We have a choice. And so if you obey your flesh, then, then you're going to start walking. You're going to be like, what? Why am I getting offended all the daggone time? Why? Because you're choosing to obey your flesh. How do you do that? Justification? You justifying your flesh? Well, I have a reason to. Well, they did this to me. Well, I should feel that way. Well, the reason why I feel this way is because of the reason why I'm acting this way. You are justifying your flesh. You are choosing to obey your flesh. And so one day it's unforgiveness. The next day you offended. The next day you cussing. And you wonder how come you're not going in the direction towards righteousness of God? Because you chose and you're choosing and trying to justify your sin. We choose, I ain't saying just you, me, we all, if we choose to obey our flesh, that's the result. But what does it say? If you choose to obey God, it leads to righteous living, okay? So you won't be able to control uh, 
your unforgiveness, if you choose to obey your flesh, you won't be able to control it because why? You are now a slave to it. You're a slave. But once you choose to obey God, now you become a slave to righteousness. Okay. And John, what we just read, John one and three, um, I mean, first John three, verse six, anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. Why? Because we're living in him. We choose him. And so we will not be a slave to sin. We are a slave to righteousness. It, 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 righteousness now holds us hostage. You know, we're now in, in bondage to righteousness. Verse 17, Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you are wholeheartedly obeying his truth, we have um, we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourself, so that's choice, be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourself, so you give yourself choice to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. So the Holy Spirit makes you holy. So that's so that you will become holy. It's not something that you do. It's something that you believe. You believe. Okay, verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free. And this is, we're talking about really being free, how to, how to forgive, being free from unforgiveness. So when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. So when you, you know, when you were all living in the world and choosing to sin, you didn't, you, you had no conviction in your heart to do right right uh 21 and what was the result you were not ashamed of the things you used to do things that ended in eternal doom but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of god now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life so now you do those things forgive love have compassion, being gentle, having patience. You do all those things because it leads to a holiness, um, leads to holiness and eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, bondage. But that's, you know, and I know it took me a while. I used to read that and I was thinking, okay, I'm just, I'm about to just fall down and die. This is spiritual. The wages of sin is spiritual bondage. You are in you are bound to the life of sin and that's death. That's death. You are not alive in Christ. You have no freedom of choice. You have no relationship with God. You are in chains. So you want a better life maybe, but you don't know how because you're you're a slave. Go back again to the children of Israel. They were slaves. They were in bondage in Egypt. They possibly wanted better. I think after a while, when you're so bound, your mind just, that's, that's it. You, you live, 
you know, just in poverty and you don't think anything good. Like your whole, your mind is in bondage. I mean, all of it is this in bondage. And we talked about that when they got set free, their minds were still in bondage. So the wages of sin, the wages of the unforgiveness that you're holding is you being bound to that. You not being able to love you not being able to experience the fullness and joy of God, not having peace in your mind. Oh my God, that's huge. That's, that's a beautiful part of living a righteous life because now you're free. You have joy. What was the first scripture that we read? Uh, where was it? It was um, uh, Romans 14. Verse 17, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when you are living a life that is not in sin, you're living a life that experiences freedom, peace of mind. So you're not sitting there replaying what has happened to you. Peace in your sleep, joy in relationships, joy in your spirit, joy in your heart. You are living a life of freedom. You can experience the fullness of God. And that's what he wants. He wants us to experience His the fullness of his love, the fullness of who he is, a true relationship. That's what he wants for us to know him, to understand him more. He desires that from us. Okay, let me finish the scripture. So the wages of sin is death, bondage, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so that's all the scripture I have. I know it was a lot, but it was good. You know, if you don't think it's good, it's okay. I forgive you. But listen, it was good. This is good. Um, I would suggest you um, going through these scriptures and, you know, pull out what it's saying to you and how it can apply to you personally. I do the Bible study to just as a whole to... Um, you know, just to bring some life to what the word of God is saying as it pertains to the topic. But I encourage you, I've always encouraged you, please, please, please read this word for yourself. Know what it's saying to you, how, um, apply it to your life, how it can apply to your life. Don't read it. If you read it from the lens that you don't have no issues, that you don't have no sin. And listen, let me, let me say this. We all are still working out our salvation, our soul salvation. There's still, our spirits are holy. Our souls still have issues. We're still going to fall. We're still going to sin. But like I said, it's a choice. Choosing, wanting, desiring to live a life that is holy, that is pleasing to God, that um, blesses his heart. You know, he looks at the heart. And if your heart, if you are justifying any part of your soul as, well, God understands, okay, he does, but be careful with that because that could be how the enemy keeps you in bondage, keeps you dead and not allowing that part of your life to be restored because it's a process, you know? So none of us are fully holy and perfect and that's only Jesus, but when we uh, when we try to justify our journey, I guess is the way we could say, trying to justify our journey, it shouldn't be a justification. It should be, I see this. I don't like it. God, I'm surrendering this to you. I'm going to find scriptures that help me overcome this. I'm going to pray about this. 
you know, this is not okay. I'm not going to justify my sin. Do not justify your sin. Do not. That is dangerous. That is so dangerous. Let the word of God be the only thing you stand on and let, that's why the, the Holy Spirit gives us uh, self-discipline, you know, being, uh, being disciplined and determined and made up in your mind that, no, I'm not trying to be perfect. I just want to please God with my heart, <laughs> not with my actions. Your heart shifts, what comes out of you will shift. But if you're trying to do it the opposite way, eh -eh, that ain't going to please him. Okay. All right. So I pray, I pray that you will walk in forgiveness. I pray that this has helped you understand how to forgive. It is simple in, in word. It's not simple in our flesh, but it is simple in the spirit. Um, it really requires you to believe if you don't have a relationship with God and if you don't believe in him, if you don't believe what Jesus has done, if you don't believe his word, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. The word is what's gonna help it work. Your faith and what Jesus has done, it activates this. That is the activation, is your faith, okay? So, thank you for being with me. I pray that you all have a great day.